everyone. Today we are going to really dive into balancing our hormones. So let's really dive into the root cause of hormonal imbalances. This episode is for you if you just want to learn how to keep your hormones balanced and or you have PCOS, endometriosis, thyroid issues, and I want to give you the information that you need in a bite-sized, digestible way because when we understand why we're doing something and we understand why it's important, it just makes it that much more sustainable for us. And I want you to have all the knowledge that you need to be a key player in your health, make all the right decisions that you can, and really advocate for your health when you are with a healthcare practitioner because at the end of the day, you know your body better than anybody else and that is the fact. So we're gonna dive right in and I'm always going to make sure that I give you as many tips to start implementing these things into your lifestyle right away. I'm gonna give you all the ideas that I can in order to really solidify this into your lifestyle and make this a part of your habits and rituals. So let's dive right in. So the very first thing that I think about when it comes to hormone balance is gut health. Every time that I am sought out for hormone issues, the very first thing that I do is check the gut health. If we are not properly digesting, if we do not have gut health in check, then we cannot have our hormones in check either. These two things go hand in hand. So the quality of our gut health determines how balanced our hormones are. And there's a direct link. We have microorganisms in our microbiome and they are basically responsible for turning estrogen into its active form. So if we don't have enough of this enzyme that the microbes produce called beta-glucuronidase, then we cannot activate estrogen and therefore we will not have enough estrogen. And if you have estrogen-dominant conditions or you have estrogen dominance in general, which means that you have more estrogen circulating than progesterone, then this is really important because beta-glucuronidase can actually be too high and that means that we are basically keeping estrogen in circulation. So we wanna keep this beta-glucuronidase in balance so that we are able to activate estrogen so we can use it. It has so many health benefits, but we are not getting to the point where we are reabsorbing way too much estrogen. Our body has too much estrogen in circulation and we are starting to see those hormone imbalances and all those symptoms of estrogen dominance. So the hallmark estrogen dominance symptoms are anxiety and mood swings. We will see PMS. We can see fertility issues. This can lead to conditions like endometriosis, PCOS, uterine fibroids. A lot of people don't think that PCOS has high estrogen, but a lot of people with PCOS have high estrogen as well as the high androgens. We can see migraines, headaches. We can see a lot of weight gain, especially around the abdomen. This is a very hormonal, high stress driven pattern of weight gain. So what is associated with 
high levels of beta-glucuronidase? Well, it is found that diets that are high in fat, too high in protein, and low in fiber are associated with higher beta-glucuronidase activity, whereas people that are vegetarian or have high-soluble fiber diets have more balanced beta-glucuronidase. And higher beta-glucuronidase is associated with an imbalanced microbiota in general, so dysbiosis. If we have too much growth of undesirable bacteria in our microbiome, then this can be associated with these changes that are undesirable for our hormones. So here are some key takeaway tips to improve your gut health. First of all, you want to get to the root cause of any GI dysfunction. In general, it can be really hard to get to the root cause of GI dysfunction because the symptoms range system-wide. Our gut health is so important for our overall systemic health. So that's why we see so many symptoms around the body like brain fog, we see GI discomfort, we see bloating, we see diarrhea, constipation, we can see hormonal imbalances. It shows up all over the body, unfortunately. So that just goes to show how important it is. And if we address gut health, we can address so many different things and prevent so many different issues from occurring. So to start getting your gut health in check at home, start with the mouth. It is a top-down processed digestion and we wanna make sure that we are being mindful and only focusing on eating when we're eating. We're chewing thoroughly, count to 20 when we're chewing. Are you actually tasting your food? A lot of people rush through their meals. Um, but if we are not chewing thoroughly and we are in a stressed state, we cannot activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for resting and digesting. If we are not in a restful state, we cannot digest. And if we are not chewing food thoroughly, then we can't really break down our food properly to the point where we are absorbing all of the nutrients from it, where our microbes are digesting it, fermenting it, getting all of the benefits from it, producing short-chain fatty acids that are crucial for our immune health, for our gut health. You could have the most, quote, healthful, diverse, nutrient-rich diet, but if you are not chewing your food to begin with, then you're not really getting anything from it. So moving down the digestive system. If we are chronically stressed, then a lot of us have low stomach acid levels. And one of the main symptoms is really premature fullness when you're eating a high protein meal. If we are getting full prematurely, then this can be a sign of low stomach acid. It's especially that feeling where it's just kind of sitting up high. It doesn't feel like we're breaking down our food. We're kind of burping a little bit this can be a sign of low stomach acid. So this is another reason to, first of all, just be in a restful state when we're eating, but also just to keep our stress levels under check in general. And stress and our entire GI tract and our entire health go hand in hand. If we are chronically stressed, we are creating inflammation, we cannot break down or absorb our food properly, we can cause leaky gut syndrome, this can cause food sensitivities. If we're eating food that causes us um, symptoms and causes inflammation in the body, then we are just creating a cycle of inflammation, GI issues, and eventually hormone imbalances. So start addressing at the root cause. Um, you can work with a healthcare practitioner to determine if you have low stomach acid levels. Don't go try and supplement on your own. You can really make the problem worse, trust me. 
And with the stomach, we also want to make sure that we're not grazing all the time. If we are listening to our hunger and fullness cues, this is the top priority. However, if we are constantly grazing and snacking, we're not allowing our stomach to basically get rid of debris, fully digest. We're not allowing something called the migrating motor complex to happen. So this is basically like our internal housekeeper. It makes sure, it ensures that everything is cleaned up, everything's properly digested, and this only works when our stomach is growling, it's empty, and we've allowed three hours to pass between our last meal. So when you're planning your meal time, make sure you're not going too long without eating, but make sure you're not necessarily grazing. Um, if we wait too long, however, then we might let our blood sugar drop. This could lead us to feel fatigued, hangry. So set yourself up for success, make yourself feel good, keep that blood sugar running, but don't necessarily snack all day long. So moving down, in the small intestines, if we have overgrowth, so when we have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO, this means that we have dysbiosis in the small intestines. This can be a really difficult condition to get under control, but if you work with a healthcare practitioner, then you can find an herbal or antibiotic regimen to treat the SIBO in itself, and any good practitioner will help you determine what caused the SIBO to begin with, because if we're addressing the root cause, and we're not just fixing it with herbals, botanicals, or antibiotics, um, then we can actually figure out what caused it in the first place so it doesn't happen again. One of the biggest symptoms is out of control chronic bloating after eating a meal. It is not normal to be chronically bloated after you eat every time, trust me. I know that because I used to be that way. And I'm so glad that now I can actually eat normally and feel normal because it is so not fun when you are getting bloated over everything you eat, trust me. So, um, and you can do some stool tests to make sure that everything is not out of control. Make sure you don't have dysbiosis, inflammation. These tests are so key. They can also tell us how our pancreatic enzymes are if we are not keeping our gut health in check, if we have chronic gut issues, if we are chronically stressed, this might impact the production of digestive enzymes in themselves that help break down our food. So if we are not producing enough digestive enzymes, we obviously can't break down our food enough. We're getting micronutrient deficiencies. And if we have deficiencies, then we have poor gut health in itself. So we want to make sure that we're not only getting a nutrient-rich diet, best way to do this is to try to aim for 30 plants a week. Get all the colors you can each day. If that seems like a big number, start where you are, work your way up slowly. You can do a food frequency questionnaire, just look that up. And just each week, try to increase the amount of that food group that needs some love and attention and work your way up slowly. This is not a sprint, this is a marathon. These are our lifestyles. We don't just want to do quick changes that will result in burnout. We want to actually make sustainable change. So start where you're at. Another thing that our gut health is really important for is detoxing. So I talked about how beta-glucuronidase can help activate and keep estrogen in circulation. So beta-glucuronidase can help with med detox, hormone detox, neurotransmitters, and environmental toxins. So... If we have high levels of beta-glucuronidase, then we are inhibiting 
the process of detoxifying the body from natural hormones, synthetic hormones, etc. And this brings me to my next point. Our body cannot detox properly if we are bringing in a lot of toxins. So the first thing we want to do when it comes to detox is limit the exposure to external toxins that we can. A lot of toxins in the environment mimic our estrogen and create really high levels of estrogen in our body. It can be really hard for our gut to pull out the excess. It can lead to a toxic buildup in the body. Um, and so where we want to take this into consideration is our beauty products, our household cleaners, the clothing we're wearing. Think about your lifestyle. Are you constantly coming into contact with chemicals and fumes? And can we limit the exposure in any way? We cannot completely eliminate our exposure to toxins, but we can reduce our exposure and that can really make a difference. So one of my favorite apps is Think Dirty. And you can look up different products on there to see their rating of how dirty they are. I love this because I don't expect you to memorize all of the chemicals that are bad for you. It's obviously great to become familiar with some of them so you can read labels in stores quickly. But this app really just makes it so much easier and can really give you a peace of mind. So I love that. So also another thing is alcohol intake. Alcohol creates chronic inflammation if we are chronically drinking. There's nothing wrong with enjoying alcohol, but if we are doing it in excess, this can create inflammation, which can lead to gut issues, as I've said. And this can also raise the toxic burden in the body, making it really difficult for that liver to process this, bring it down to the gut, and have the gut detoxify properly. The way that we eliminate and excrete toxins is through stool and urine. So if we are not drinking enough quality water, if we're drinking a lot of water that isn't filtered, we're raising the toxic burden in our body, making it difficult to detox. But if we're not drinking enough water to begin with, then we cannot pull all of these harmful toxins that can mimic hormones, bring up our hormone levels, bring up our toxic burden, we cannot pull these out of our body. It makes sense. So make sure you're drinking enough water. And also, if we are getting all the plants we can, if we're getting all the colors, it's really anti-inflammatory, so it's keeping this inflammation in check. And we are also getting fiber. And when we bring fiber in the body, and we are actually able to bind things and eliminate them properly. So if you're not eating enough fiber, you cannot go to the bathroom every single day and I want you to aim to go to the bathroom once a day and I want you to look at a Bristol stool chart it can be a little graphic but you kind of get the idea once you look at it once and you really want to make sure that you are in a healthy range and your stool can tell you so much about your health just make sure that you are going properly the quality of your stool is good and you are going enough this is so key if you are not going to the bathroom you are not detoxifying so the next thing that I want to touch on is our hormone cascade. So once we got our gut health in check, we want to think about how our hormones affect each other. Because as I've said time and time again, our body's a system, everything affects each other. So, and all of our hormones interact and affect each other too. So the very first thing that you want to focus on addressing when it comes to your hormones is your adrenals. Your adrenals are these little guys that sit on top of your kidneys and produce your stress hormones. Stress is not bad in and of itself. It is necessary to get us through tough times. It helps us grow as people. 
if we do a little bit of stressful things every once in a while and we build our stress resilience, then we can grow, we can get better at dealing with stress. But if we are completely overburdening ourselves with chronic stress, then not only is our gut health impacted, we're causing inflammation, which further impacts our gut health, but we are also raising our levels of cortisol, which competes with our sex hormones. One of them in particular is progesterone. And if we don't have enough progesterone circulating, then this creates estrogen dominance, where we see all of these symptoms that we do not like. So make sure to keep your stress in check. The very first thing when it comes to your hormones and your thyroid is getting your stress in check. Stress is also important for sleep. And if we are not sleeping and getting quality sleep, then we are driving cortisol up even more and creating this vicious cycle. So it can be really important to kind of sync your lifestyle. This can be really helpful for telling your body when it needs cortisol because one of the functions of cortisol is to get us up out of bed in the morning and get us productive and getting everything done during the day. So really try to mimic the sun. Can you get up when the sun comes up, eat your first meal within 30 minutes of waking, don't have coffee on an empty stomach. This can be a little too stressful for certain people. And if you are chronically stressed, if your sleep schedule is messed up, it can be really hard to know when it's okay to sleep, rest, digest, relax, work out. So really just try to mimic the sun in itself if you are struggling with your sleep-wake cycle because sometimes your hormones might be off and it might be really hard to know what to do. So first thing in the morning, have some water, have your meal, try to have it outside. If you expose yourself to two to 15 minutes of sunlight in the AM, this can really regulate your melatonin and cortisol production. And it kind of sets up your body to wake up um, and also produce melatonin 16 hours later in the day. So it also helps set you up for sleep because good sleep doesn't just start in the bedroom. It starts right when you wake up. So try to have a savory meal with protein, make it blood sugar balanced. This means have a lot of fiber, have healthy fats, have protein. This will keep your blood sugar sustained and won't spike your cortisol, won't cause that inflammation. And it's just super good for your hormones overall. So the next thing in the cascade of hormones is your thyroid. If you're not taking care of your thyroid, then you cannot have balanced sex hormones. Your thyroid is constantly responding to your lifestyle. It's constantly responding to your environment. And if it is not balanced, then it affects your sex hormones as well. So to take care of your thyroid, even if you don't have a thyroid condition, it's really important to take care of your thyroid Make sure you're getting enough selenium, make sure you're getting enough iodine, and make sure to not overdo it on the iodine either. This can also cause problems. And if you are over supplementing with selenium and you're not getting enough iodine, this can also cause problems too. So really try to increase your intake of selenium and make sure you're getting enough iodine. You can put your meals into chronometer. I love chronometer for tracking short term. No one wants to be tracking their food every single day. This is not natural. This is not good for us. We don't want to be doing that. But just to get an idea of the nutrients and minerals that you're missing. Um, a lot of us don't get enough minerals because we are chronically stressed. Stress likes to eat up our magnesium, our B vitamins. We need more protein. So if we're chronically stressed, we are probably not meeting these needs. So get these levels tested. So just make sure to get these nutrients in check because if we don't have 
the building blocks for thyroid hormones. If we are not getting the nutrients that we need for stress, then our body's eating them up. It's creating this vicious cycle and we are causing problems. So big key player for stress I forgot to mention, magnesium. I'm going to say it again, magnesium, magnesium, magnesium. Magnesium deficiency can cause constipation, can cause brain fog, can cause sleep issues. It affects everything and it can create so many problems. So you can really fix a lot of things if you're deficient in magnesium and you fix it. So that's really important. And I also want to say that our gut also helps convert inactive T4 into active T3 hormone. Some other nutrients that are really crucial are iron, copper, and zinc. Make sure to get your iron levels checked before supplementing. It can also be toxic in excess. And getting too much zinc, especially in the form of a supplement, then we are competing with copper. So if you are taking zinc in supplement form, do not do it for more than 14 days because this can drive your copper levels down. And this can affect so many different things. Copper is really crucial. It is also really crucial for your thyroid, so make sure to do that. If you have any questions or any comments, I'm always here to listen. You can follow me on Instagram at sophiafunctionalrd, or you can shoot me an email. It's in the show notes, and I'll see you here next time.